My friends, it is solidarity of labor we want. We do not want to find fault with each other, but to solidify our forces and say to each other, we must be together. Our masters are joined together, and we must do the same. Mother Jones. Hey everybody, welcome to the 10 to 12 podcast, the official podcast of Teamsters Local 1150. I'm Stephen French. And I'm Jason Shoemaker. So 2023 is winding down. It's coming to an end. Hope everybody's out there enjoying the holiday season. We're going to take you through just a conversation about what 2023 was and looking forward to 2024. There's a whole lot going on. A whole lot went on in 2023. We're going to recap that and then we're going to look forward to 2024. We're going to get right into the conversation. Um, No other stuff. This is the, this is the episode today. So, um, we talk all the time on this show about the labor movement and, and what's going on in the labor movement, and there was a whole bunch of that in 2023. In fact, if you go back to 2022, really, with the whole Starbucks thing, right? We, we talked so much about Starbucks and the, that grassroots organizing push through that, through that employer, um, starting with, you know, I read some stats. It was like two stores— got organized in a matter of a couple of weeks and then in the next two months it was 250 stores right so they really started this wave that that we're still in and the wave is growing um and it and it, it's it's really building momentum going into 2024 and that's what we want to talk about yeah i think the wave has really grown too as a result of a lot of stuff that's kind of come out of the nlrb we're getting a ton of support now they're changing rules they're looking at cases the teamsters had the big um semex case um and that changed the framework for assessing unions so there's just a ton going on that's helping unions really exponentially gain a a foothold here yeah there really is and i agree with you that that the nlrb has a lot to do with it um and and look we you know we we made a promise a long time ago not to talk about politics, and this is not politics, but but the bottom line is, um, you know, the Trump NLRB was not friendly to unions. The Biden NLRB is, right? So so we're we're doing really well under this current NLRB. That's good for us, right? That's that's all I'll say about that. Um, but you know, if you look at that Starbucks push, then then a lot of big things happened, right? Um, we we can't help but talk about the UPS contract because the the Teamsters contract with UPS has literally changed the landscape in the labor movement today. Yeah, I think you know the early ones were really based on organizing. When you're looking at Starbucks, it was like the grassroots forming, and I think the UPS was kind of like the next phase of that. It's showing you know when you have an established strong union that knows what they're doing. This and you have that momentum behind you. This is what happens, right? So, so you're absolutely right, and and hopefully that will translate into more organizing, right? Because you know when people see what a union can do for their members, maybe they're going to want to join a union. That's the whole point. Um, but, but, you know, to your point, UPS was you know that here's what a union does for its members, for the workers, and just huge changes right ups has never never done 
what they did this time around. The the changes that the union put into that contract and and it was a year-long campaign, right? And anybody out there if you have a copy of Teamster magazine, the the um the fall 2023 issue of Teamster magazine has an article by Sean O'Brien about the UPS campaign and um we're working right now to to get permission to reprint that in our locals newsletter because it's just a tremendous tremendous article just really speaks to the strength that unions are are growing right now right and the importance of solidarity to that strength right UPS demonstrated unprecedented solidarity during that year-long campaign and and it it paid off it paid off in the end um, there were several things in that contract that were really landmark things especially the air conditioning in the trucks right just the fact that the the teamsters were able to get ups to agree to put air conditioning in trucks was way bigger than anybody realizes this was something that ups for decades had had dug their heels in on and said it's cost prohibitive we're never doing it and they got them to do it yeah i think the other huge gain there too is just the raises they got for part-timers mm. and there was a point where it was really evident there was a couple of videos out there of um, drivers there was one on perfect union the driver was talking about how i'm taken care of my money's in you know in place i'm good but i'm ready to walk because it's for the part-timers and they were able to bring everybody up and the size of the raises that went in um it's life-changing yep overnight yeah so you know for workers all over the country to see what happened at ups right that's the momentum we're talking about that creates momentum and and going into 2024 you know the teamsters are going to try to try to take that momentum and and put it on amazon yep right into a campaign um but but the momentum is everywhere right it, it's it's across the labor movement look at what happened i mean the the sag after strike right the there's a union that a lot of people talked about being weak right they're weak they're not a real union um i may have even said that on one or two occasions shame right? on you shame on me right exactly because you know they stood strong and they won some really big things in that contract most importantly all the stuff about ai right yeah and fran would come here and beat you she would and I'd be afraid of her, I think. You should be. <laughs> but the way they coordinated with the writers, right, um, they put pressure on. And it was a beautiful thing. And we're seeing, I think, that because there's pressure in so many different industries across so many different companies, they can't just, you know, beat it back. It's kind of like a forest fire in Canada last year. You yep. know what I mean? There was just so many going on. Yeah. That you, you you can only do so much. Yeah. And we haven't even hit them all, right? Then now, now talk about the UAW, right? The UAW... Uh, put on a brilliant campaign against the big three automakers, right? I and we talked about it on on a recent episode. How I I really questioned their strategy going into that strike, and it was brilliant. It turned out to be a brilliant strategy. They they took those three companies down to their knees, 
but it was all about membership solidarity. Yeah, and for anybody that doesn't know, what they did is they limited where they were striking the companies at different times because they could have really, in my opinion, depleted their strike coffers quickly. Yeah. Um, and especially when you are striking an industry like that, sometimes you shut down one area and it ripples and causes another area to have layoffs. And they wanted to support those workers and make sure they weren't left without a paycheck. Um, so they really were strategic about when they hit, where they hit, and the impact they knew that would have. Yeah, and, and they were right. It was it, surgical. Yeah, it, it was. It was surgical. It was. It was. Um, it was brilliant. I, I. I can't say anything more than that. And and look, they won. Right again, they won on at all three places, and they didn't stop there. Just like the Teamsters aren't stopping after UPS. The UAW immediately turned that around, and and they're riding that wave of momentum, and they're going to go after Toyota. They're going to go after, in fact, as we speak, they're in a campaign at Volkswagen America. Yeah, Volkswagen, they already have a 1,000 cards signed. Um, it was the first campaign to go public since UAW announced their plan that they want to go after 13 non-union automakers, um, and they're doing it in eight days. Yeah. Uh, in, in an eight-day span, I should say. They've had some failed attempts down in, in uh, Volkswagen before out of Tennessee. Yeah, um, there's been a lot of political interference down there, um, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. Yeah. 2014, they had um, an effort down there, and one of the uh, politicians, the governor at the time, his name was Bill Haslam, he said there's no question if UAW comes in there, it will impact our ability to recruit other businesses to Tennessee. And after he said that, 53% of workers voted no. Yeah, and, 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 and let's make sure we understand what the governor of the state of Tennessee is saying. The governor of the state of Tennessee is saying that tax revenue is more important to him than, than his, his constituents in the state of Tennessee making a living wage. Yeah. Right. Corporate tax revenue is more important than a living wage in the state of Tennessee because he doesn't want unions in there because it, it, what he's not saying in that statement is it's because unions will raise wages across the board. Yeah. So it didn't deter people. And the next year, a few workers or some workers decided to take a different approach. And they uh, the skilled trades workers in the Tennessee Volkswagen plant voted to form what's called a micro unit. Um, but two years later, the NLRB, when it was pretty hostile towards unions in 2017, voted that the uh, micro unions were no longer permitted. <laughs> so, you know, go figure. You have interference from a governor. You, you stick with it. Then you have that happen. Yeah. Um, what, what bugs me is, you know, it's our right under the law to organize and collectively bargain. And you have an elected official who is... You know, really interfering, in interfering with with your rights under the law. Yeah. Um, 2019, you fast forward to then UAW tried again to organize the whole plant and again, political resistance from a new governor. Um, it, it just doesn't seem to end. Uh, his, his quote. Sorry, I had to pull it up there. My experience is that when I have a direct relationship with you, the worker, and you're working for me, that is when the environment works the best. I had to reread that because I thought it was actually a quote from the company. Right. But it was actually the governor, which, I don't, that's crazy. Yeah, it doesn't even make sense that he's saying it that way. And that was in 2019. It was uh, published by Labor, uh, Labor Notes, but it was actually a captive audience meeting. So the governor attended a captive audience meeting and, in my opinion, spoke on behalf of Volkswagen's interests. Yeah. 
And, and you know what bugs me? Just a side note for me. What what bothers me is that this this is a company, right, Volkswagen, that that operates in its home country, Germany, in in a, an exclusively union environment. Yeah, many of their other plants from around the world, Germany, uh, Mexico, I believe, Slovakia, and South Africa are all union. Right, but not here. Not here. So that last campaign in 2019, it, it went down 52 to 48%. And look, that's why they, you know, that's why they go to those states, right? That I, I'm, I'm sorry to say it, but unions are weak in the South, um, and, and that's why those companies seek to build factories in those states. But like you said, whether it's Amazon or whether it's, you know, UAW, um, we're carrying blueprints now of what you can have. Yep. And, you know, I think people are seeing the kind of the ingredients they need for that recipe to succeed. And you have to have solidarity with your members. You have to be willing to strike. But if you have all those things and you stick with it, you, you can have good results. Yeah. It, um, it, and so that's building the momentum. And it is. And at Volkswagen, there here's a quote from one of the workers down there. When you see Ford, they top out at $42.60. Our top out in four years is $32.40. It pissed people off. <laughs> at some point, we've got to stand up for something. Ain't that the American way? Sure is. So the momentum that we're talking about, right, it's, it's grassroots stuff. It's the Teamsters, right? The most powerful union in this country. It's the UAW. It, you know, it's all of these unions who are are feeling the momentum, creating the momentum, feeling the momentum, and and riding that wave, using it to their advantage, right? Um, to to recruit more workers, to to organize more workers, and to make their lives better, right? That's the purpose, and. Um, you know, we're we're not immune to it either. And when I say we, I, I actually mean Sikorsky Aircraft, right? Sikorsky is not immune to that momentum either. Uh, I mean, when you read this article that Sean wrote in Teamster Magazine, he talks very specifically about some of the gains um, that, that that contract saw. The big stuff is the trucks being air-conditioned. Um, but he also talks a lot about getting rid of the two-tier system, right? And and that was huge. That was probably, well, not probably, 100% the number one goal going into that contract, especially uh, economically, was to get rid of that two-tier system. And and I know that, that some folks in our union will listen to that and say, well, what about us? You know, we brag about what a great union we are, and we couldn't get rid of the two-tier system. And, and that's not true. That's not true at all. So it, when you look at, at our contracts, when you look at when the two-tier system was created back in 2017, it came with a lot of other things. It came with an alternate workweek provision, right? That was part of the two-tier transition. We eliminated that through negotiations before it even started. It came with a two-tier healthcare system, right? The, the people on tier two were supposed to transition onto a no-choice healthcare, right? They, they weren't going to have a choice in their healthcare plan th starting this year. And we eliminated that before it started. 
right? By adding a Teamster-focused plan. Exactly. By adding a healthcare plan that, that is for and by Teamsters, right? It's a union, it's a union healthcare plan. So, um, and, and, and then on top of that, we, we cut the two-tier wage scale in half. And what I mean by that is the, we, we cut the gap in half, right? The gap between tier one and tier two was cut in half in one contract. So, so, you know, to say that we didn't address tier two is wrong. And, And I want people to understand that we went into that negotiations with goals and, and, and a lot of our goals were focused on the tier two folks and, and we won right? We, we didn't get everything we wanted. And if, again, I go back to this article that Sean wrote in the article, he talks about things that they didn't get, right? Did we get this? No. Did we get this? No, but we got all this and we built momentum. Yeah. That snowball's rolling downhill. Exactly. So, so I want our members to understand that, you know, we're part of that Teamster momentum and, um, you know, and that doesn't just happen at contract time. Yeah. Right there, there's momentum being built that that affects the way we work daily with this company. Right. And, you know, Rocco talks about it a lot that, you know, we're 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 part of that Teamster movement that under Sean O'Brien's leadership is becoming more aggressive, more militant. Right. And we're part of that. Right. We're there are certain things that that were done in the past and we're not going to continue to do anymore. Right. We're getting, we're, we're, we're getting frustrated with some things that are going on at Sikorsky aircraft that, that specifically affect our members. Things like the, the gutting of the human resources department. Right. I mean, once upon a time, human resources, the people who daily interact with the union, they were probably 16 deep. Right. And and now they're now they're at, I think, six. Right. Right. And and that if if our members don't understand that that affects them, they're wrong. Right. They need to understand that our ability to get things done is reliant upon a, a, a fully staffed human resources department. Right. So, um, you know, we're talking to the company about that, about our frustrations with that. And, and, you know, we're going to put our foot down, right? We're going we're gonna to dig in on certain things with Sikorsky Aircraft that we're tired of. And I want to be clear because I know the company listens to this podcast. I know they do. I, I want to be clear in saying that we're going to continue to help the company in certain ways, right, politically. Um, we're going to continue to help because a successful company is good for us. Right. So so we're going to still work with this company to ensure that it's successful for the benefit of our members. But, you know, that's got to be a two way street. Yeah, they got to hear the feedback from us and and give us the things we need for us to have a good relationship. Yeah, because those favors we do on the political front and, and in other places, those are big favors. Yeah. And they're something that, you know, you listen to Rocco. He never hesitates when when we can help the company and help our members. We step up every single time. Absolutely. And and those are difficult things to do sometimes. Right. Some of the things that we do for this company to make sure that they succeed are things that our members perceive as bad things. 
right? And we have to go and we have to explain to our membership why this is important, right? And and the company has to recognize that. The employer has to recognize that that's a sacrifice on our part and they have to be willing to pay that back. You know, going back to the momentum you're talking about, I think, like we said, with the snowball rolling downhill, we kind of, you know, we had our contract, we went early, we're all part of this wave when when you look across all these industries, and we're seeing gains. And I think it gets easier and easier to keep that rolling, um, and to build on it. Um, so I think, you know, next time around, we have a lot more momentum at our back. And unions are doing a great job right now of working together, and making sure we all lift each other up. One of my favorite things the Teamsters do is we don't cross picket lines. And right. that's getting negotiated into contracts everywhere, if it isn't already. And what we're seeing is whether it's Starbucks, whether it's the writer strikes, Teamsters are shutting things down if there's a picketer outside. Yep. Um, we saw a lot of work between the Writers Guild, SAG, and the motion picture Teamsters. We have Lindsay Doherty out there. There was a lot of coordination with supporting them. And it's important because that's what brings up the whole industry. Yeah. If you watch it erode in one section, you're going to see it erode in your area very quickly. Um, so standing together, you you see those gains, and now we have companies like Microsoft agreeing to be neutral in their negotiations, signing labor peace agreements. Huge. Huge deal. Um, and Microsoft just teamed up with the AFL-CIO to look at the impact of AI on workers and jobs and you know whether or not it's going to have decreases in you know numbers for people. Yep. That's an important thing to do. And it's showing that they're recognizing that unions are a stakeholder here, and we can't ignore them. We have to make them part of the conversation. We have to listen, and we can't just cut people out. It's really important because Microsoft is a leader in their industry, right? They are. They they might be the leader in their industry. So it's really important for other companies to be able to look at what they're doing and see that it's successful. And I, what I was getting at, too, is I think Microsoft, they watch the writer's strike. They watch the SAG strike, and they see the Teamsters working in conjunction with these unions. And one of the sticking points was AI, the impact on AI. Um, using it to write scripts, using it to replace actors and actresses and use their likeness. So I think when you you see everybody working together, Microsoft knows they can't ignore it. Absolutely. Um, And and I I, want to take a half step back to what you're talking about with the Teamsters and and, uh, negotiating these provisions, you know, the no crossing picket line provisions and things like that. And and if you look at the UPS campaign, both of these things involve members, right? It's one thing to get union leaders across a table from from company leaders and start to throw around, you know, threats of this and, and, and you know, try to flex your muscles that way. It, it's different when the members are involved. It just becomes, it, it's a different look for yeah. us, right? And, and it has a, a much larger impact. So when drivers don't cross picket lines, it actively disrupts businesses that aren't being friendly to unions. When, when UPS workers do you know, practice pickets, they, they get involved in the campaign that affects them, right? right? It matters. And it and shows shareholders the impact that's coming. Absolutely. It show it, exactly. I mean, you watch Sean when he was on, you know, all the different news channels. I mean, it was really a class. Yeah. <laughs> that was a master class. So so we're taking that we're we're taking the the 
the knowledge that we got from that campaign and we're we're pushing it into a campaign now an organizing campaign at Amazon. What I love about what the Teamsters are doing at Amazon is it's not just rhetoric coming from Sean O'Brien and and other Teamster leaders. They're involving members, right? There are there are Teamster members who are involved in this campaign who are going out and talking to Amazon drivers, to Amazon workers, right? Hanging out in parking lots, talking to workers and saying hey, I'm a Teamster, and here's what I get, yeah. right? Here's what my life is like because I'm a Teamster. And that's powerful. It's way more powerful than Sean O'Brien going on, you know, CBS or wherever he's going and talking about it, right? Because most of those folks aren't hearing it. But they're hearing it when somebody shows up in the parking lot of their warehouse. Yeah, when they see a, a line outside and people are walking. And, you know, it's cool because you see the Teamsters supporting. We have Teamsters from Amazon. And if you follow Amazon Teamsters, it's the same few Teamsters um, from California that are on every picket line. Yep. You think about the sacrifice going around the country yeah. and walking those lines every day. Yep. They're the same folks we saw this past summer, right, in Connecticut. And now they're somewhere else. Yep. Yeah, it, it's so so I love this campaign and I think it's eventually going to be successful. I, I don't want anybody to think it's going to be easy because it's not right. No, but it has to be successful because the impact to working people. Yep. And that's the message, right? The the message to to those workers is, you know, you win. The Teamsters don't win. You win. And that's what this is about. It's about workers at at the you know, at the most basic level, it's about them earning a living wage, getting treated with dignity on, on the job, right? That's what it's all about. And this campaign that involves members is is brilliant, I think, and I think it's going to work. Yeah, I think it's it's the way to do it for sure. Yeah. Um, Again, it's going to be really difficult at Amazon. Uh, I, I think we're in for a years-long battle, right? But, you know, maybe maybe someday they come around. They're a brutal company, right? And we've talked about it so many times on this show about how they, they are willing to spend so much money to fight uh, union organizing. And, and I just, I, I want them and every other company, obviously, to look at a company like Microsoft and 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 see how how it benefits them, right? You know what? Or look at a company like Starbucks who has had this massive they had hundreds of stores unionize and they fought tooth and nail. They had all sorts of different labor violations that they've been found, you know, wrong. Yep. <laughs> and they continued down that path again and again. They brought back Schultz, you know, multiple times and all in all, I think they're losing still. Yeah, I, I think they are. But, you know, they're playing a long game and it, it concerns me. Right. It concerns me for the Starbucks workers. I, I think, you know, I think that we can send a message to the Amazon workers. I think that we can do this campaign the right way. But Starbucks is very much a grassroots campaign. You know, it doesn't have a huge union behind it. And, you know, this big rich company is waiting them out yep. right they're they're refusing to 
bargain contracts, right. right? They're throwing a monkey wrench into the into the bargaining process to the point where workers are getting frustrated and some, you know, some I, I think at least one has, you know, they've decertified the union. And, and it, you know, that's frustrating. Which can happen for a number of reasons, too. I mean, they could have also added workers in there that were, you know, sure, not so friendly towards unions, nothing sure. alleging that. But right. Who knows? But I think we're seeing a lot of good changes in the right direction. And, you know, we can definitely build on that. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think we can we can talk about this without talking about the importance of the PRO Act. Um, and. You know, again, we've talked about it on this show, and I don't know if the PRO Act is ever going to become reality, but it's really important that that union workers, especially folks who, like us, who benefit from from unions every day, I think it's really important that, you know, we look at at political candidates, right? The folks who who can vote this act into law. Right. We need to look at those people and at the candidates and say, you know, are you going to support this? Are you going to support unionizing? Are you going to support the, the idea of collective bargaining in this country? Because the PRO Act changes the playing field. It changes the playing. It levels the playing field. Yeah. And, it, you know, it went through the Senate. It got voted down after that. Yep. Um, but that's why I brought up Starbucks. Right. Because. If you give labor law the teeth to punish Starbucks for that kind of behavior, then it changes the game. Exactly right. And and, it, and and there's the problem, right? Starbucks is doing what they're doing because there's no teeth to the law, right? There's no punishment. So, you know, going back to that Semex case, which was the Teamsters, um, they really changed the framework with when you're required to bargain with a union um, and as far as getting representation. And basically what they decided is that an employer, if they disagree and don't think you have a majority, they can push you to an election. But if they commit any unfair labor practice during what's called the critical phase, um, then rather than rerun the election, the board is now going to order the employer to recognize and bargain with the union. Um, so that's huge. It is huge. It gets rid of that waiting game. It gets rid of the abuse. Um, and that's all as a result of the Teamsters pushing forward a great case and having a board in place that was worker friendly. Right. And and it's you know, passage of the PRO Act is going to make things like that and and similar. There, it's going to similar framework, right? right. A, a similar framework and 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 similar changes to the law that that are really going to give unions the power that 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 workers they deserve. should already have, right? Right, that workers deserve. Yeah, it, you know that stuff is is so important, and and again, I'm I'm skeptical about passage of the Pro Act. I'm very skeptical about it. So we have to find a way to to garner the power without that law, right? And and we do it through we do it through grassroots, right? We do it through workers, not through union leaders. And I think we finally finally found that that formula right i I think that's something we were missing for a long time maybe we knew it but we didn't put it into action until very recently until the ups strike or not it wasn't a strike the ups campaign the uaw strike right that's where we really put members and workers into action 
Yeah, and you're seeing, like I said, just so much coordination with just working people, right? It's not even really, you could look at it across industries, but it's just working people supporting each other. Mm -hmm. And I think you mentioned earlier, there's like 67% support now for unions in America. Yep. It's crazy, but people want this and people aren't going to let them, you know, continue to just abuse everywhere. Yeah, people want it, you know, but I think right now it's... um, it, it, you know, it's akin to people want lower taxes, right? But they they kind of have this attitude where, yeah, I want this, but I know it's not going to happen. It's too hard, right? And, and I, I, so I think that's the problem with, with a lot of people right now. Yeah, they want it, but it's really hard, right? The law seems to be working against them. Um, so, so, you know, we have to try to change that. But Amazon's the key. I keep going back to Amazon. Amazon is the key. Amazon changes the landscape. If we can organize a company like Amazon, if we can get workers to really believe in this and really stick to their guns and say, yep, we're going to organize and we're going to do this on a national level, that changes the game, right? Because right now, union membership is around 10% of the population, right, of the working population. It's about a 10%. Um, That's terrible. And that's down from 40 years ago. It was 20%. And 40 years ago, unions had an impact on the economy, actually impacted the economy. We are not impacting the economy right now, right? We, we, we're impacting people's lives, but we're not impacting the American economy. And if we, if we grow like we could w- with organizing a company like Amazon— we will impact the American economy. Yeah, and there was other, another big rule change that's going to impact that. NLRB had a case that came out. It was based on the Atlanta Opera. I'm not really well-versed in that one, but it changes the FedEx standard, as they call it, from 2014. And it's going to help reassess um, how you classify whether somebody's an independent contractor yep. um, and whether or not they fall under the Labor Relations Act. Yeah, it's something that, that Amazon does well. FedEx started that. Um, and, and Amazon just, yeah, they've perfected it, really gotten good at it. Yep. So listen, here's the homework assignment. And, and and again, listeners, right. Talk to your friends, Jason and I understand the numbers, right? We, we know that 4,100 members of local 1150 are not listening to this podcast, right? We know who's listening. We know who's not listening. But, but for those of you who are listening to us, pay attention to this, right? Talk to your friends. And I don't mean just your coworkers, right? Talk to your coworkers. Talk to your friends outside of here. And here's the homework assignment. When, when the Amazon driver comes and delivers a package to your porch, if you have a chance to open that door and have a one-minute conversation with that guy, or girl, do it, right? Have a conversation with them and and tell them that you're a union worker, that you're a teamster, and tell them what that means. Tell them how it has enriched your life. It, it really does matter. These folks are thirsty for this information. They're, they don't want to read it on a leaflet. They will, but they don't want to read it on a leaflet. They want to hear it from you right? 
when it comes from somebody who they just delivered a package to, who just happened to open their door, that matters. It does make a difference. So that's the homework assignment for our members because we're all ordering stuff on Amazon, right? So when the Amazon package comes, have that conversation. Let that worker know that when it's time for them to sign a card, they should because it's going to make their lives better. Absolutely. You know, Jason does it when he goes to Starbucks, right? He goes, I haven't been there in a while. I know, but you do it when you go to Starbucks, right? You have those conversations. And listen, you might think that that's hard, right? Some people feel uncomfortable having those conversations. I promise you, if you do it once, you're going to love it. It, it, it's, it becomes fun. Once you talk to people um, and you see people open up, right, and th- it, it gets a lot easier. Yeah. Um, for me at Starbucks, it was more about just tormenting their managers. <laughs> <laughs> what he's referring to is they had a suggestion board where people could write a holiday suggestion on a Post-it note, and I wrote form a union, and the next day the board was gone. <laughs> <laughs> so, listen – this is about workers, right? The unions are changing the landscape, right? We're changing the way we do things. We we have a ton of momentum right now, and we need to capitalize on that momentum. We need to ride that wave, right? Don't let it die. Don't let it. Let's let's keep it going. Let's not get to the beach and 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 have it die down, right? So have those conversations have those conversations with workers who are who are not being treated right um, I know that I do it right I have I have had literally confrontations with um, McDonald's managers right who are just abusing their workers behind the counter in front of the public and you know I, I've I've looked at those workers who are getting abused and told them call a union yeah, and listen, that's the fun ones, right? Like yep. you, you might not feel comfortable saying what a union means to you, but just saying to somebody, you know, hey, I'm in a union, it's a lot better. I hope you get one too. Yep. Something like that, it gets people thinking and it shows people that the public opinion is in favor of unions. Yeah. Yeah, so um, that's our homework assignment. Please, uh, you know, make, make this a, you know, make this personal, right? Talk, again, talk to your coworkers, talk to your friends. Get them on board. Let them know that, you know, you heard it on the 10 to 12 podcast and, and we should be out there touting the the advantages of union work. I've got to give a shout out to my buddy Dave Lucas because we had a funny one shopping for the uh, the holiday party we just had for Santa. We were waiting in line to check out at a checkout. And uh, what was I think the manager came running over. And she's like, everybody go to lane three. You can't go to lane four. He has to leave right now. So <laughs> Dave immediately smiles, starts laughing, and um, says out loud to them, oh, my God, it's 23 hours. He's going to hit benefits. Get him out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and it was pretty funny. I started dying laughing. Well, what's funny about it is it was true. So then the manager is, like, trying to check us out or, you know, whoever the lady was. And uh, – we jokingly said to her, what's the matter? Is he on overtime? He's already on overtime. We got to get him out of here. Right, and yeah. we laughed and we said, you know, geez, you guys need a union. And the lady just kind of took a breath and she's like, you're right. We do need unions. And I think that was the manager. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of funny. You don't expect it to come up. Um, but even just like what starts off as a joke can kind of get them thinking. Yeah. 
No question. And and so those conversations need to happen when you have the opportunity. Have those conversations. Be an advocate for the lifestyle that you live because you're in a union. Right. Right. Be an advocate for that. So that just about does it for, for this episode. Uh, I hope everybody enjoyed this conversation and took a lesson from it, right? Ride the wave. Ride the wave of momentum that we have. Um, big things are coming in 2024 in the labor movement as a whole. Here at Sikorsky Aircraft, the local 1150, big things are coming, right? Unions are strong, and, and, and that's just going to that's gonna prove to be an advantage to our workers and our members. As always, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for following the 10 to 12 podcast. If you're not following us, shame on you. Go to Podbean right now and follow us. Remember to let us know what you think about the show. Let us know if you love it. Let us know if you hate it. But let us know something. Shoot us an email at comms at teamsters1150.org. That's C-O-M-M-S at teamsters1150.org. And until next time, I'm Stephen French. And I'm Jason Shoemaker. Happy New Year. We'll see you next year. Thank you.